This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is our number three on this. What day is this, Dave? Is this Sunday? Is this Monday? What do we got? What day do we have here? I believe we call it Wednesday. Wednesday. Hump day, if you oh, want to sound cool. I hate that term. What's wrong with it? It's it's fine. It's apparently I have something against camels. <laughs> One hump, two hump, doesn't matter. Yes, you're against all form of camels. Uh, camels, don't they spit at you a lot? That's They're what mad. They say. I really want. I don't. I'm against that. They store a lot of water, though. You got. Yeah, they like do. Got to like that. <laughs> Unlike Rio Verde, Arizona, right now, <laughs> where Scottsdale, Maricopa County, said, "Good luck. You are on your own." The city of Minneapolis is a topic we have discussed over and over and over again. In particular, downtown Minneapolis, and I know there are some who scoff, and I don't go down there, I'm from greater Minnesota, it doesn't matter. Well, you should care. Downtown Minneapolis is the clear-cut economic engine of this state, and everyone prospers if downtown is working at an efficient, safe level. Guess what? It isn't working at an uh, efficient enough level and a safe enough level. Jacob Fry, the mayor, knows that. He has to own some of that responsibility. So we've watched as a number of larger retail stores have said, we're done with Minneapolis. We have to point out many downtowns have faced the same situation. It's not like Minneapolis is an island onto itself. But if you live in Minnesota, I don't fault you at all for wondering about why are these stores leaving, when is it going to be safe enough. So in light of what's going on, in early to mid-December, Mayor Fry appointed a committee to look at revitalizing downtown in many areas. And a man who is on that committee is the former mayor of Minneapolis and a very frequent guest of this show, R.T. Ryback. And R.T. is kind enough to join us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. By the way, the idea of what stores are open or closed and what is public safety are totally disconnected. I can't name store, any stores that have left because of safety. Big retail has changed a lot. Office population flat. That's another topic, but just generally, hi, Chad. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit. You don't think yeah, – and listen – COVID and the pandemic shutting down so much America has been a huge driving problem with so many of these stores and so many businesses. We also have um, a type of retail 
which is changing dramatically, and these larger box entities don't make as much sense in 2023. But you yeah. don't think there are stores down here which have reduced hours or shut down because of safety concerns? Because how about just this? A number of their customers aren't as willing to come down. Thus, they don't have as much revenue. It doesn't make sense to pay the rent they have. And thus, they look to have their business in somewhere else outside of downtown Minneapolis. Uh, safety is is a concern, but it's not the central one at all. When people talk about people coming downtown to shop, downtown the shoppers downtown have primarily been the 165,000 office workers who are doing different things. But step back a little bit and ask yourself, what is downtown Minneapolis? My dad ran the Walgreens at Ninth and Nicollet. I worked at the mayor, as downtown council. I've been around this thing for decades. For most of that time, downtown was a very strong 10-block area surrounded by parking lots. Now step back and look at what downtown is. It's the Central District, as we talked about. It's now Loring Park. It's the east bank of the river. The stadium, which everybody at the legislature said would never be surrounded with anything but parking lots, is now a whole other neighborhood, the North Loop. If you look at that altogether, the retail is actually incredibly strong. Much of it now is in the North Loop, and there's parts of it in other places. Some's in the Skyway, some's others, but it's spread around. So we got to stop thinking about the when people say downtown, they may think of the experience at bar closing at 3 a.m. or the experience I have when I go into the IDS Center every day, and they're different. So, yeah, there are fewer people coming to offices every day. There are safety issues. When you see a shooting at the Mall of America, which is a tragedy, or a shooting somewhere else, it's seen differently when we put that downtown word next to it. But the fact of the matter is downtowns are changing, and we at the Minneapolis Foundation are doing what will be a really exciting series. We haven't announced it yet, but it's coming up uh, March, April, May with Walker Art Center. What are the new visions for downtowns across the country, and where is it going? It's changing, so it won't be a 20 – it won't be a – as strong a nine-to-five office course simply because people are not in the office as long, but it will ideally have more housing, which is beginning to significantly move into the core of downtown and be more of an office and, and, and place. R.T. Ryback is with us along with his role on the, on the committee. His main job, he alluded to it, he is the president and CEO of the Minneapolis Foundation, where do you stand on this one? This has been a debate. I certainly have discussed it. So have others. When you talk about the amount of people working downtown, and I'll add, and I say this often, many days I am fortunate enough to work from my house, right? I have a setup there. I can do that. I'm downtown here. The idea that some of the essential downtown businesses who have benefited financially in different ways from working with the city of Minneapolis, should they require, RT, their workers, whether it's two days, three days, whatever it might be, to work downtown to bring, to bring more of that vitality back to this part of the city? Yeah, and first off, downtown, suburban office parks, and everyone everywhere is looking at this issue of, of uh, who's in the office and who's not. I was literally in this conversation with the, uh, some of the managers of Minneapolis Foundation this morning and saying, look, 
there are people who are going to work partly remotely, and that's a reality of the new workplace. But let's try to really have as much of the team in on these couple of days uh, to create more of that synergy. That's unfortunately or fortunately going to be the com- conversation now. So mandating people to be in the in the office isn't necessarily the the deal. It's a different mix that we, that we have downtown. Downtown is fine in some places. I work in the IDS. It's incredibly vital. There are other parts that are not. What we're not going to have is you know, 40 blocks of continuous Skyway retail. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with that because instead of having shops or, you know, little storefronts all through Skyways that close up when the office population leaves, we will have fewer and better and more street fronts. So, for instance, look at restaurants. You see in hotels like the really incredibly great redo of the Rand Hotel, three new restaurants uh, and that's doing great. You can look at uh, what used to be called the Minneapolis Hotel. Stephen Brown is mm-hmm. just opening a new yep. restaurant there. Kim Bartman's opening one on the ground floor right across from you. Big name, really great retailers. Zalo is coming back, which is one of my great ones. Three out of the four of examples I gave are actually tied to hotels. All of them are on the ground floor. This is good because I'd like to see if there's a smaller day-to-day office population, let's not spread that um, that resource over many, many, many blocks of little tiny ditzy. Okay, what do you retail. what do you do with Skyway though? I mean, as somebody who's worked oh, down here and lived I, down here, I, I've watched close to hundreds of businesses on the Skyway shut down. These are family-run places. That was their economic livelihood. And if we reimagine this, there's only so much level, so much space on the street level. What happens to all those spaces on the Skyway? Well, I mean, first off, there's incredible amount of space that was opened up on the Skyway. Most cities don't have both a vital street front and a vital Skyway. And before all of this happened, there was a great debate about does this this incredibly deep base of retail on the Skyway hurt the street? The answer to me is yes. Now, more Skyway uh, businesses are opening up. It will never be back to what it was. I don't mourn the fact that that there are fewer Skyway businesses. I, I want a vital city. And, and there, you know, definitely with some of the entrepreneurs, it's been a horrible thing to have a business closed for them. I get it. But I don't think it's a major public policy issue to try to force the idea that every square inch of the second floor of buildings should be another continuous retail. I'd rather us focus on having a vital street. And, you know, you can walk the Skyway. I walk it on cold days, and I think it's great and all, all of it. And what's important about it is that unlike a suburban office park, where these days when there are fewer people in the suburban office park, you're sitting just in your building and you're not going outside in downtown because it's connected, shirt sleeves, people move from building to building so they can walk a block or two more to find another good good restaurant or shop. Uh, if I take a short break, can you stay with me and we can get to other parts of this conversation? Yeah. Does that work out? Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. The uh, former mayor of Minneapolis, R.T. Ryback. You can react to any of this anytime you'd like through a, a text Cities One, talk and text line, 651-461-9226. Not 
Not my favorite Stevie. Doesn't have to be. That's true. R.T. Ryback, former mayor, is with us. Uh, this was the uh, date when Stevie Wonder inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the youngest member, right, Dave Harrigan? That's it? Youngest living person ever to be inducted at the age of 38. 38. State in 89. Uh, Archie Ryback says about uh, Stevie Wonder uh, going with the parlance of this show, overrated, underrated, properly rated, your enjoyment of Stevie Wonder. If you don't like him, you got to say it. Then you got to say overrated if he just doesn't do it I for you. I absolutely love Stevie Wonder. Inner Visions was one of the great albums of all time, and you and I was at it, played at our wedding. And so, no, I don't think he's overrated. I think he had some squirrely lyrics sometimes, but this is one of the great musicians of all time. Dave uh, Harrigan was going to put that on Twitter. R.T. Ryback <laughs> says Stevie sure Wonder is a horrible singer. And really begin to do that. should go away. I, that, with <laughs> squirrely lyrics. Ouch. Squirrely lyrics. Well, every once in a while, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'm with By you. the way, before we dive back into this, can I remind people we're coming into the best months of winter. The snow is coming. Great Northern is this incredible festival that ties together the city of Lake Lopit and Pond Hockey Championship and St. Paul Winter Carnival. But it's all this incredible um, art and music and uh, focus on climate and saunas, all this kind of great stuff. So just go to uh, the website of greatnorthern.org. And um, Kite Festival is at Lake Harriet two weeks this coming weekend. I think the Art Chanties start there. So it's really going to be an awesome week. Admit it, the, admit it, the state would be better if it was summer all year round. Absolutely not. No, no, no. You, you need to change the seasons no. to change your mood, like, Summer, you're out there and talking to other people. Winter's introspective. We love the summer. I hated winter until I started cross-country skiing, which I'm going to do after work today. And um, Yeah. Oh, trust me. My mood changes plenty. I don't, I don't need the seasons <laughs> to, change, to change my mood. Okay, let's get back to the topic here. So, okay, good. Okay. You're on this committee. It's, we turn the calendar ahead 10 years. And we are talking right now in January of 2033. And in an ideal world, tell me what downtown Minneapolis looks like and why it is a better fit compared to what we have right now. The many villages of downtown, and I say that because we're going to start recognizing that downtown is six times larger than it used to be. It includes the River, Loring, North Loop, East Town, blah, blah, blah. We'll include a number of other things. One, I see Nicollet Mall not having bus traffic on it, but being not only a, a deeper pedestrian way, but really dramatically greener. I see the idea that there's more storefronts and less Skyway. I see that um, one of the things we've got to come to terms with is that there was public policy over decades to build facilities for big retailers, Saks, Neiman Marcus, et cetera, those big department stores are going away. So physically, that's got to be broken up. But I think the biggest thing is that there, in my mind, hopefully will be many, many more people living downtown. The downtown population has skyrocketed over the past couple decades, but we want more people directly in the core of downtown. So right across the street, I think you can look out on the Baker Building 
being re- not the Baker Building, the North Star Building being redone mm-hmm. to bring more housing right into the core of downtown. And that's going to hopefully happen a lot more. And think about being a senior or anybody walking around right now and how tough it is on the sidewalks. If you live downtown in the Skyway system, you don't have to worry about that. You can go walk over to Orchestra Hall. You can go to the Target store. You can go to, um, you know, umpteen million different things. You can go to your office and go work out. That's a great thing. So downtown as a residential place is going to uh, increase, and I think that's going to be really exciting. Okay, so let me let me go back to crime because the techs are already starting. I can see them. How can you ask more people to work downtown if the data shows and if the perception – because, listen, I push back at this a lot when people tell me I won't even come down to downtown Minneapolis in the day, and I say you're just making a mistake. That's sadly – We have events, but we've always had events. But I do acknowledge there are great areas in downtown Minneapolis. But I also know as someone who's down here a lot in the evening, there are parts of downtown Minneapolis where I would walk to uh, five years ago that I'm not as inclined to walk to now. And that if my girlfriend Carla is down here, that I'm not as comfortable with her in certain areas where I wouldn't have thought about that Five years ago. I'm not saying all of downtown. That gets exaggerated. But don't we have to do a better job on the safety side to convince more people to continue to moving downtown and working and living downtown? Yeah. Yes, absolutely have to. But why is it that when there is something that happens downtown, it becomes this whole feeding frenzy of people who never go downtown saying, see, And then when we have a shooting at the Mall of America, nobody's having a big debate about whether it's dangerous to go to the Mall of America, right? The fact of the matter is there is... Not as much as downtown, but there are some... The reason I say that is there there are significant issues, but the narrative is fed by a lot of people who forever have said we're never going to... Downtown's never going to work, and it's worked. The fact of the matter is there has been progress. There needs to be more progress. There's no doubt about it. But um, I guess I'm a little oversensitive to this after having a couple years of spending untold amount of time and conversations with people who never going downtown saying, what are you going to do about the narrative about downtown? Well, how about you? I'm not saying you, Chad, but yeah. how, do, how about you who never comes downtown, who keeps repeating narratives that are overstated, getting a realistic view? Yes, there are issues that definitely need to to be addressed. And on many levels, there are, by the way, Minneapolis, um, nobody's asking me my opinion, but I'm telling you, Minneapolis hired a fantastic new police chief who's doing already really great work. And I think Chief O'Hara's got definitely the right, the right pitch on that. And yes, there is progress in public safety and there needs to be more. But the final point, we never make cities safe by taking people off the street. We make them safe by putting others on the street. So, yeah, we've lived through a, a hideous pandemic where and a massive change in office population in a super short period of time. And at times there are fewer people on the street in different ways. Residential population brings more people in at night. That's part of what we're talking about. It's starting to go back to the Dakota, the Orpheum, the sports teams and all that. That will all, you know, keep get, making it better. Two uh, last items away from this. Um, you're, you're, you're much more apolitical 
than you once were, and that's that's obvious with the foundation other issues. But you're still a proud Democrat. Yes. Uh, Joe Biden and their administration, I think they are not handling this very well on the classified documents. To me, there's new information on a daily basis. What the press secretary is uh, saying is, is is changing frequently. There are enormous differences between Joe Biden and Donald Trump on the documents. But let's just stay here with Biden. You know this as a politician. When the story keeps changing day after day after day, that doesn't help. How, how concerned are you about what effect this could have on an administration that you support? Well, I, I haven't honestly followed whether this, this story day to day, because it's not the most important thing. I'm kind of a little more concerned about what's going on in Ukraine. And, um, but you can do both now. Gonna be able to, I'll, I'll get to it. But I'm just saying this thing is like way overblown. Yeah, I think they probably handled it in a pretty ham-handed way. The core of this thing, though, is Joe Biden's staff saw this and brought it forward. So I'm glad you separated it from the previous story. But, yeah, I do. I do think so. But I don't think the main thing we should be worried about is whether Joe Biden's handling this issue or not. To me, we should be thinking about in this state the fact that right now, there's a huge issue on the table as the governor has put out the biggest, boldest, and I think really great plan for children. And I want to support it on a federal level. We are finally making the investments in families too. childhood poverty is at an all time low and employment is a long time low. And we are facing huge challenges like Ukraine. I mean, there's a perspective thing that I want to really argue we should be focused on. I don't want to spend four days talking about those documents. Okay, so I I agree. But you, you, you you listen, when you're the president, just like when you're the mayor, you have to deal with a lot of different things. So those all matter. Classified documents also matter. One last thing. You live in Minneapolis. You're out and about all the time. You're in St. Paul all the time. You know what it's like when it snows a lot. Do you think uh, people in each city should feel good feel comfortable, feel realistic how all all the snow has been dealt with so far as a person who's seen it from both sides, as a resident who's in the middle of it and as an, as an elected official who has to deal with it and gets it right sometimes and gets it wrong sometimes. Can I tell you a quick story to say why I don't think I'm going to pass any judgment on that? A couple of Christmases ago, a number of Christmases ago, there was a storm coming in. It was going to be um, coming two waves right around Christmas Eve. I made the call, don't plow Christmas Eve because we don't want to tow everybody. It came in as rain. There was a hard freeze. We had the streets frozen uh, all winter, with big and it was my fault. The fact of the matter is you have to make some calls in snow. And um, I think also we uh, we had a big one this time. So, I, you know, I'm not... I don't know. I haven't followed it that closely. I see my streets, and I think it's really tough to get around because of all the water right now. But, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't have any big, big fat opinion on it one way or the other. I, uh, I think they cleaned up some well and some not. I, I don't have anything smart to say about it. You don't miss that part of the job? No. No, I don't. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where, um, 
you know, I wound up having to break a campaign promise. I said to the people when I was running, the streets of this town would be plowed in 24 hours. And I made this big honking deal about it. So I get an office and we do these listening sessions out in neighborhoods. And I realized I was totally wrong. Because if we plowed the streets in 24 hours, that would mean that we would be towing huge parts of the city, especially students, people who aren't proficient in the language, and, um, you know, seniors. So bad idea. The logic that comes with, hey, do all of this right away, sometimes ignores the fact that it's not just a plowing issue. It's a, it's a parking issue and others. So parts of town that don't have garages or as many garages, you know, by the university, for instance, you wind up like towing like crazy with that. So it's not just not a simple thing. And um, um, it's not like if we only had to uh, plow in parts of town with garages, then it's a whole different thing than having a town that's got a lot of places that, that where people are parking on the street. So I don't know, that's probably more or less than you want to know about parking, but that's <laughs> the smartest thing, which ain't much that I can offer. As always, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Chad. R.T. Ryback, 35 past two on WCCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.